This is the World War II Radio Podcast. A date which will live in infamy. This is London. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. Go ahead, Berlin. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Welcome to the World War II Radio Podcast. Today we have the second part of Nazi Eyes on Canada, a five-episode radio play produced by Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. The series warns Canadians of the danger of Germany and imagines a future where the Nazis have conquered Canada. This episode aired on October 4th, 1942. It stars House Jameson and Catherine Rott, best known to radio audiences at the time as two of the stars of the Aldrich family, one of the most popular radio sitcoms of the time, as it aired from 1939 to 1953. The World War II Radio Podcast is a Brick Pickle Media production. If you like the show, please leave feedback on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And be sure to visit our website at brickpicklemedia.com slash podcasts, where you can find links to past episodes as well as the books featured in our podcasts. So thanks for listening. Enjoy today's episode of the World War II Radio Podcast. The National War Finance Committee presents the beloved mother and father of the Aldrich family radio program, Miss Catherine Rock and Mr. House Jameson, in Nazi Eyes on Canada. to Canada how a German spy traveled across this dominion in 1933 and 34. How under false pretenses he went everywhere, gaining information, seeking out weaknesses in our strength of arms and national unity, and how he returned to Germany to write a book about us and our rich land, to show the German people what a prize this country would be when one day the third German Reich could claim Canada as one of its conquered lands. During the past two weeks, we have had many inquiries as to whether our story of the Nazi spy was truth or fiction. It was truth. We meant what we said. His book, not yet published in English, but translated as a basis for this program, is titled Zwischen US und dem Pole, From the U.S. to the North Pole. The translators, Duncan and Lyle Cameron of Toronto. The author of that book, the renegade who sold the decent name of his ancestors, to the German Geopolitical Institute, the Nazi spy who called himself Colin Ross has been traced across Canada. If the promise made by Colin Ross to the German people that one day Canada would belong to Germany were to come true and Canadians should lose their freedom, what would be the fate of your family? Ladies and gentlemen, the mother and father of the Aldrich family radio program, Miss Catherine Roth and Mr. House Jameson. Thank you and hello, everyone, everywhere in Canada. I can't tell you how happy we are to be in Canada once again to do honor to you who have made such a magnificent contribution to the war. I'll tell you of another thrill, Kay. 
the opportunity to play the role of a man who is actually sitting at his radio right now, listening to it. Indeed it is, House. And I'm to play the role of one of the sweetest women I've ever talked with. A Canadian mother who lives on a ranch out in the foothills of the Rockies. We talked with that family today by telephone so that we might come to know them personally and learn something of their surroundings. Maybe tell the radio audience about them, Mr. Green? Please do. Well, first of all, the mother, Mrs. Cora Stevenson, came to Canada as a girl from Scotland. Lived in Montreal, then Toronto. And finally in High River, Alberta, where she became chief telephone operator, where a big, handsome rancher won her heart and took her to live on his ranch in the bend of the Highwood River. She'd never lived on a ranch before, and she's just a wee bit afraid of those great open spaces and of living 17 miles from town. But now she wouldn't trade her home in Alberta for a penthouse apartment on Park Avenue. John Stevenson came to Canada from England when he was a lad of 14. And his first job was planting flowers and potatoes where the Canadian Pacific Station and the Palliser Hotel now stand in Calgary. During the last war, he served four and a half years with the Alberta Calvary, much of that time in France. Today, he has a ranch of which any man could be proud, just eight miles from the Duke of Windsor's famous E.P. ranch, with the Rockies as an ever-present background in the western sky. He raises cattle, hogs, and grain as an honorable part in the economic life of wartime Canada. The Stevensons have three children. Edward, who will be 14 this month. Eddie rides his own horse, named Pepper. Herds the cattle, milks the cows, helps with the branding, and he likes fixing the mechanical farm implements so much that he wishes he were old enough to join the Royal Canadian Air Force as a mechanic or pilot. Winifred is 12, a beautiful girl. I've seen her picture. She rides a horse named Judy, and they tell me she's a magnificent horsewoman. In addition to all she does to help her mother, when branding time comes around on the ranch, she keeps the branding irons hot and passes them over to Eddie and her dad. And finally, there's Rose Marie, a healthy, happy, rosy-cheeked little blonde of four and a half years. Uh, she doesn't ride a horse yet, but there's a promise going around the Stevenson house that when Rose Marie is five, she can have a pony of her own. She's lovable and friendly, laughing with those big blue eyes, and all day long, she's busy asking questions and finding out things. She is the little Rosemary anyone would love to have in their heart and home. And so, there they are. A real Canadian family, whom we shall try to portray as they are today. And as they might be, if Nazi eyes on Canada were to be followed by Nazi feet on Canada. John? Uh, oh, sure. Here, I'll treat you. Well, the war news seems to be better the last day or two. Those Russians are wonderful, aren't they? Yes, indeed. The way they've held out at Stalingrad is something to put in the history books. Did you notice those pictures in Life magazine? The country around Stalingrad looks a lot like this part of Alberta. Yeah, even the cliffs along the river just like the bluffs across the river from our house. You get back to that arithmetic, Eddie. It's most done, Dad. And they have oil fields in that part of Russia, too. Just like they are over the hill in Turner Valley. Well, what about the history lesson, Winnie? Is it done? 
almost. Uh, get back at the homework then, children. No conversation until it's finished. Boy, I'll be glad when school's over. Those Marie all tucked into bed? Mm, sound asleep long ago. She was a very tired baby tonight. She usually is. I never saw such a busy child. She's the most surprising child I've ever known. What has she popped out with now? Well, while she was helping me with the dishes this noon, she looked up and said, Mommy, what's this... disinteration? Disinter what? Disinteration. That's what she said. What she meant was disintegration. You remember the minister's sermon yesterday afternoon? Oh, yes. Disintegration of family life. Say, I wouldn't have thought she was even listening. Oh, you bet she was. She doesn't miss a thing. You ought to hear some of the things she repeats from the radio. Things she listens to after she's gone to bed. Haven't you ever heard imitate Mother Aldrich, Dad? Uh, no. She goes, Henry? Henry Aldrich! Coming, Mother! <laughs> hey, what about she the homework, children? Finished, completed, done, thank goodness. I'll sit, Dad. Yeah. What kept you so long out at the corral tonight, son? Well, I was checking up on Pepper, and I wanted to be sure he wasn't hurt today. Hurt? Whatever happened? Eddie, did you have a fall... Didn't you tell him, Winnie? Of course not. Oh, tattletale. Anyhow, I knew you'd tell him yourself. What happened, son? Well, I was riding home from school, and Winnie and I were having a sort of race. I know. Trying to see whether Pepper or Judy was faster. Well, a calf came up the bank, and I didn't see him, and Pepper didn't either. And he piled up into an awful table, and Eddie was flying over Pepper's ear. No one was hurt, the calf or Pepper or me, so everything's all right. Oh, dear, I wish you children wouldn't ride so fast. Mm Hmm. Yeah, probably a lot of city mothers and fathers are saying the same thing right now to their children about driving the car. Only thing is, they haven't much gas, and there's a speed limit. As long as we have horses and speed for them, we're all set. Off to bed now, you two. Five o'clock comes early. All right, Mother. Here's a good night kiss. (laughs) My darling. Now you, Dad. Look out for my cigarette and my paper. You old sweetie, you can't fool me. You'd die if you didn't get your good eye hug and kiss, and you know it. Uh, no. <laughs> good night, Mother. Don't worry about us. We can take care of ourselves. Good night, Eddie. Good night, son. Good, good night. night. Good, good night. night. Good night. Pretty fine pair of kids. They grow up so fast, John. Edward's as big as a man and does a man's work on the ranch. Yeah, and Winnie, anyone from the city would take her to be 15 at least. Seems like it was just a month or two ago when there were tiny things like Rosemary. Don't worry about us, Eddie said. Don't worry about us. We can take care of ourselves. But, John, can they? Hmm? Oh, I know they can ride. I know they're safe anywhere on the ranch or in the foothills. But are they safe, John? Can they take care of themselves in this crazy world if anything should happen to us? Well, we've done our best for them, Cora. If good Christian training and understanding and love are the foundation of family life, like the minister said yesterday, then we shouldn't have to worry about our children. John... What he said about how the Nazis train their children away from family life. And how they take all the little children in the occupied countries and put them into schools and train them to hate their parents and their religion and history of their country. It's the most vicious thing they've done, I think. Even worse than murder and all the other crimes they've committed. To break up the family, turn the children into soulless little Nazis. Makes my blood boil. Thank God we live in Canada, John. It won't happen to Edward or Winnie. Or Rosemary... No, Cora, it won't happen here. It can't happen to our children. But it might happen here. It could happen here. 
We have not won this war yet. And we won't win it until all of us, every one of us, pours into the war effort every ounce of energy, every penny beyond basic living necessities. It has happened in Europe and Asia. It could happen here. And this is what it would mean to the Stevenson family of Alberta and to your family, wherever you live, if we lost the war. Five years ago, I preached a sermon from this pulpit in which I pointed out the paganism of Nazi philosophy. We little dreamed then any of us that in these few years our own world would be shattered, that we would see our armed forces defeated on our own soil. Once again, it was a case of too little and too late. We failed. And I need not list the things in which we failed. Each one of us is convicted in his own heart of the sins of omission that brought about our defeat. We are a subject nation, a people whose conquerors intend to turn us into slaves. This may be the last time we are allowed to worship in freedom in this little church at the gates of the E.P. Ranch. Listen then to this plea. Resist with all your power every attempt to destroy our faith, our families, and the souls of our children. There must be kept alive within us and within our children, the faith of our fathers. Almighty God will show us the way if we have faith, even as he did to the children of Israel. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. May that light never be extinguished in our hearts. May it never die in this world. John, dare we disobey them? Can we somehow keep our children here out of the Nazis' hands? We may not be able to keep them here, but we'll keep them. I promise you, Cora, that so long as I have breath of life, I'll fight to keep them from what has happened in the cities. But what can we do? School opened almost a week ago. Sooner or later, they'll come here to find out why Rosemary hasn't attended. She's ten years old now. We'll go into the hills. Keep on going if we have to, into the very heart of the Rocky Mountains. I've talked it over with some of the others. We'll move the families first and do it by night. Then we'll slip back and gradually drive the cattle from ranch to ranch up into the hills until there isn't a living thing left in the Highwood River country. Can it be done, John? Is there any way to escape them? They'll hunt us down. Kill us like they did those people in Manitoba. Quiet. Listen. The car. It's the Germans. 
Must be. No one else is allowed to drive one. Thank God the children are away on their horses. I wouldn't be too sure if I were you. That looks like the three of them in the backseat of the car. What's happened, John? Where are the horses? How did those Nazis get their hands on our children? Steady, Colo, steady. They're all right. They're not hurt anyway. Rosemary, Winifred, Eddie. It's all right, Mom. Rosemary, darling. The first time I've had a ride in the car in years and years, Mommy. And we went so you fast. You excuse me. <laughs> My name is Dresser, Ludwig Dresser. Uh, I presume I'm addressing Mr. and Mrs. Stevenson. You are? If you don't mind, I'd like an explanation of why my children came home in your car. Well, there has been an unfortunate misunderstanding. I'm sorry. The fact is, we have found it advisable to patrol certain areas of this country with cavalry, uh, somewhat like your late lamented mounted police. And we've had difficulty in obtaining a sufficient number of horses. The horse population seems to have suffered a sudden decline. Or could they have been hidden in the hills? At any rate, a party of our troopers came across your three children mounted on magnificent animals. They purchased the horses, and at that moment, I came along and gave your children what you call a lift. That's all. Did you sell the horses, son? No, Dad. They took them at the point of their guns and gave us his money. That's not money. I've seen that before. Only the Germans can buy with it. They use it to pay Canadians, but won't let us spend it. It would perhaps be wiser to be more cautious in your statements, Mr. Stevenson. Eddie, you're right on. What's happened to it? <laughs> Broken. They Young man, be quiet. Winnie, what happened? What did they do to Edward? Winifred, why don't you speak to me? One of the German troopers... When he dragged me off my feet. It was a mistake, Mrs. Stevenson. I assure you, no harm came to the young lady. It was merely that one of the troopers was so overcome by Miss Winifred's beauty as who wouldn't be. Your son misunderstood his intentions and was unfortunately injured. Why, you filthy rat, I'll break every bone in your If you wish your wife to live, you'll be quiet, Stevenson. The trooper will continue to point it at your wife until we are ready to leave. If you make one false motion, you understand. Mommy, Mommy, make them go away. I hate them. I hate them. I could kill every German in the world. Be quiet, Rosemary. You will all listen to what I have to say. And you will do what you are told. Stevenson, you will be fined one-fourth of your cattle for that remark you made a moment ago. And deliver those cattle to the railroad within 12 hours. I shall have troopers here to make sure you do it. Mrs. Stevenson, this, this son of yours is valuable to us at the moment for the work he can do on this ranch. If we find him doing anything in violation of our laws, we can make equally good use of him in other less pleasant surroundings. No. Further. No. This youngest daughter, Rosemary, is it not? will report without fail at the school tomorrow morning. No. If I'm not mistaken, she will soon revise her opinion of the German. No, I'll not let her... Hello, sir. Oh. Be silent. Stay where you are. I'll give you something worse than a whip across your face. You understand? I understand. Now then, as to your other child, we do not want Miss Winifred to be subjected to another such unhappy experience as she had today. Therefore, we shall place her in the protection of one of our 
higher schools for young ladies. No. Where no harm can befall her. No. She leave with me at once. No. no. You oh. dirty Nazi rat, you never... John, thank God. What happened? What did they do? You leaped at the German. The trooper shot you. I've had a horrible dream that they shot you like he threatened. Be quiet, John. You must rest. No. Get some sleep. You must tell me what happened. When they did... took her away, dear. He said she would be a hostage for our good behavior. And Eddie? Did they take him? No. They made him deliver the cattle they demanded. He was the schoolhouse to ride home with Rosemary. Then you sent her this morning? Every morning. For over a week, John. You've been unconscious so long, dear. There's no doctor anymore. Oh, John. John, what are we doing? Steady. Steady, darling. We'll find some way. Somehow, we'll have our family together again. Mommy, I don't know what to think. What is it that's troubling you, dearest? I hate the Germans so much for what they did to Daddy. And for taking Winnie away and for breaking Eddie's arm. But, but what, Rosemary? Our teacher at school. He is German, but he's kind and he laughs all the time. And he seems to understand. Mommy, why did they teach us lies in the school before the Germans came? They didn't, darling. They taught only the truth. How could they when what we're taught now is the truth? And the teacher can prove it's the truth. Mother, <laughs> why do you pray? I pray to ask God to bring Winnie back to us, Rosemary. She's been gone almost a year now. And we want her back so very much, don't we? I guess so. But it's no use praying, Mother. Teacher says that Canadians prayed to God to help them beat the Germans. But the Germans won. So there can't be a God. Mother, please don't kiss me again. It is a sign of weakness and silly sentiment. What have they done to you, my baby? You will please not refer to me again as a baby. I am a child of the state. Next year I will be 12 and old enough to enter the special youth corps of the German overseas empire. <laughs> necessary to warn you that it is known you are holding secret meetings with the other ranches. Who knows it, Rosemary? I know it. And I can prove my devotion to my leader in no more glorious way than persuading you to obey that leader or to denounce you before him. If it becomes necessary to do that, you will be sent to a concentration camp and I will be given special honor for my devotion to the new order. <laughs> Oh, 
on. I couldn't believe it. I didn't want to believe what I saw happening. I know, dear. She's not our little Rosemary any longer. Same lovely face. Same golden hair. Everything the same. Except her mind and her heart. That is. It's a Nazi heart now, John. A cold, strange Nazi heart that hasn't any room for us or love. Steady, Mother, steady. Maybe it'll work out. Maybe she'll come back to us someday. It'll never work out, John. I know it. When he's gone, Rosemary won't ever again be our child. And now the order for Edward to report in Calgary next week. There'll be nothing left, John. But there will be, Cora. Edward isn't going to Calgary. He's going with us. With us? Yes. But where are we going? We've stood all we can, Cora, all of us. They've taken our children. They've taken nearly all our cattle and grain and horses. We're going to take what's left and move into the mountains, just as we planned nearly two years ago. And if they come after us, we'll fight as long as we can. All the ranchers are in this, John? Yes. And the oil men who are left from Turner Valley. That'll be the signal when all's ready. The wells just across the hills, they'll blow them. Set them on fire. Eddie's watching on the bluffs now. Dad? Yes? The signal. Look at the sky. The whole valley's in flames. Hurry, Mother. Come on. Don't try to pack anything. We've got to move now. Just a few things, John. Please, my pictures of the children. Oh, bless you, darling, of course. Bring the horses to the door, Eddie. They're all ready, Dad. Hurry. Ready, Mother? Yes? I packed the saddlebags with clothes and food last night. We'll swim the horses across the river and drive the cattle up to join the bar you heard. I'm ready, John. Don't let me look back. Right, dear. Come on. Oh, boy. Mother, look up. Look up. See that oil burning in the sky? Do you remember what the minister said? Pillar of fire at night. May that light never be extinguished in our hearts. May it never die in this world. All right, Eddie. Into the saddle, Mother. Stand where you are. You're surrounded. Stand still with your hands lifted above your head. Someone betrayed us. Come forward and identify these persons, young lady. These people on this journey is John Stevenson and their son, Edward. Rosemary. I denounced them as traitors to the Third German Reich, in which they were given the privilege of citizenship. They have plotted with others to steal or destroy property that lawfully belongs to the state and to institute a rebellion against our just laws. Call Hitler. Take them away. Rosemary. the Honorable J.L. Ilsley, Minister of Finance, to express to you, Miss Catherine Rott and Mr. House Jameson, his appreciation and that of the people of Canada for your magnificent performance tonight in the interests of a better understanding of the ideals for which we fight. Thank you, Mr. Green. Ladies and gentlemen, these are days when we must fight, all of us, with everything we have, minds, bodies, souls, and money. 
every penny we possess above the actual needs of life must be made a part of the commando dagger that will strike into the heart of evil. Amen. And I say that from the depths of my heart. And I know that conviction is in the heart of the real mother whose role I played tonight. They're out there in their ranch home in Alberta right now. And by radio, we can bring you their voices. The voices of the real Stevenson family now. Well, Mother, what did you think of it? It frightened me. I've known that such things have happened to people in Europe. But until tonight, I just haven't let myself think it could happen right here in Canada. That it might happen to my own family. And you, Edwin? It made me wish I were four years older so I could join the Air Force or the Army and get over there and beat the daylights out of Hitler. And what did you think, Winifred? I don't suppose a 12-year-old girl can do much to help win the war, but I'll do anything, anything on earth. I'd even give up my horse, Judy, to keep the Germans from coming here. Rosemary? You won't let the Germans come to Canada, will you, Daddy? No, Rosemary. Nothing else matters now. Just that all of us make sure that with God's help, our families and our Canada will never be under the Nessus. tonight was based on two indisputable truths, the revelations of the Nazi spy who called himself Colin Ross, and on authenticated stories of what has happened in the occupied countries of Europe, countries that were spied out and written about by that same Colin Ross who spied upon us in Canada. There is but one answer, and that answer requires money for bullets and tanks and planes and ships and guns. That money will be supplied by the self-denial of every man, woman, and child in Canada. Nothing matters now but victory. Next week at the same hour, we shall find out something of the German plan for the maritime provinces of Canada, as revealed in the book by Colin Ross. Here again, we shall learn what is meant by Nazi eyes on Canada. House Jameson appeared on tonight's program through the courtesy of the Aldrich Family Radio Program. The production was under the direction of J. Frank Willis. This is the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation.